Hey guys, welcome back to Rati Podcast. My name is Jen. Um, I hope that by this point you've seen the first one. So I hope you guys were able to enjoy that a little bit. Um, for the first official one with a guest, um, I really wanted it to be about something that I've recently like learned about and something that I really I've heard the term before, but never really got introduced to. Um even in nursing school, it was very brief, but one of my really, really close friends um, has experienced this firsthand and I think it's just such a good resource and like her story is just really powerful to me. And we honestly just talked about it like not too long ago. Um, and I just thought it was really, really important to take time and like really go in depth and discuss it. So with that being said, um, my guest, her name is Aixa. Um, We've been friends for literally like 10 years, such a long time. Um, She is currently in school getting her master's in forensic psychology. And she is also a mother to literally the cutest little boy I've ever seen. And I don't know, so much more. This girl is a homo. She literally has done so much that I don't understand how we're the same age. But um, Aixa, do you want to come on in? Yes. <laughs> did you like my okay. did you did you like my intro? Was that good? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I was as you were speaking. I was just getting more nervous. <laughs> I was hyping it up. I know you um, really were. Um. No, but seriously, thank you for being here and welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um. So. Today, we're going to talk about postpartum depression. Do you have a definition? Like, I can mm. look up the actual definition of it, but like, what does it mean to you? Um. Okay, so personally, there's how I, well, how I experienced it. It was just like falling into like this unknown depression after having my son, roughly like, maybe a month and a half, two months after having him, um, I just thought I was going through like the baby blues, which mm-hmm. normally lasts like two to three weeks. And then I realized that that wasn't the case. Like I was like legit depressed. Like I did not want to do anything. I was unmotivated to do absolutely anything. I was, I didn't even know how to like process the thought of being a mom and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So personally, I just think that the definition for me of postpartum depression is that is like falling into a deep depression after giving birth and after, you know, trying to be a mom and figure things out. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I feel like when I was like researching what it was, it was such a broad definition. Mm-hmm. And I saw the term baby blues being like thrown around a much. And I feel like the little you and I have talked from it, it feels like that is like does not do its service to what it really mm-hmm. is. You know, is that Andrew? <laughs> he can be a guest on Raw Tea anytime. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> Hola, <laughs> guys. He is seriously so cute. Okay. He's so cute. Love you, Andrew. Um, um, yeah. So I just think that even just in the definition, like finding a true definition, and I also think it is hard to define with one person because it can look so different. Um, 
but I know you have some statistics that Mm -hmm. you share with us. Yeah. So the, these are like the main ones that honestly are just like insane. Um, it's one in 10 women will experience postpartum depression and only 50% of mothers will actually, okay, get it. will actually be diagnosed by a medical professional so that that just tells you right there that like the health healing these moms like I was depressed and I was never clinically diagnosed by a, a medical professional up until like it was like around maybe month four mm-hmm. of you know giving birth to my son so that's just that just tells you it's not okay. And it generally lasts between like three to six months. And that's just abroad. Like some moms continue to be depressed throughout the first year of their child's life. Mm-hmm. So um, some additional to add to that um, statistics that I found like super interesting is like I was saying one in 10 Um, And these are just diagnosed women that even come forward and can identify the symptoms, but it really is more like they're saying like more so like one in six or one in seven. Um, And also the numbers that we have are based off um, mothers that have like given like a live birth, but like Mm -hmm. postpartum depression can also be found in moms that miscarry or give birth to stillborn children. So like that number that I got is like 600,000 annually a year, but including the other moms that don't have live births, it's more like closer to like 900,000 a year, which is wild. Um, let's see. Can I come back in two seconds? Because I can actually fighting. Okay, so what are some of the resources available to moms that think that they could be suffering with PPD? Um, yeah, one of the main websites is actually just like postpartumdepression.org. And on there, it'll list like different types of um, help groups that moms can join. Some One mm-hmm. of them is literally called like Baby Blues Help Group or Support Group. And you can go on there, see... You, you know, you type in your location, see where there are some support groups that you can join. Others are for psychosis, which psychosis is an extreme form of postpartum depression. That one is, you bas- you have to be clinically diagnosed for that one. And that one does require a lot of therapy and treatment and all that. There's a support group for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just has like a live chat on there. It's a 24 hour live chat that moms can get on there and just like have someone, you know, supporting them, just like responding back to their and their questions. Um, mm-hmm. That one's the main one. And then the second one is just called Working Momkind through Instagram. Like that's their ad. Mm-hmm. And they always post like different, um, again, resources, organizations and stuff like that, um, that moms can reach out to different support groups they have they they'll add numbers on there for like group chats and stuff like that that you can get on um and yeah those are those are the okay. top two that that's really are cool good. Mm-hmm. okay so um we've kind of already said what the topic is about but you have obviously like firsthand experience so do you mind kind of like just telling your story really like from the beginning like how 
like how did you realize like just really from the beginning like I'm sure you just weren't sure what it was so what was like the first instance that you were like okay something's off here yeah um so like most moms like my pregnancy was pretty good it was a pretty easy pregnancy there were uh, no complications up until when I went into labor um I was in labor for 24 like full hours like eight to eight um and everything was going good and then the labor got complicated and then that just made recovery 10 times worse um I ended up like having a big tear, which is extremely common. And, you know, the doctors always reassure you, this is so common, you'll be fine, whatever. So the three days at the hospital, I was fine. I was like, okay, you know, everything's good. Everything's fine. Then when my son was born, we were living in a third floor apartment with no Mm -hmm. elevator. So the first month, I was like, oh, I'm like, we're going to stay with my mom for the extra help and stuff like that. Fine. So I ended up staying with my mom and everything was fine. But then like maybe at like week two and a half, I just started feeling extremely overwhelmed. Like I could not like deal with anything. Like I just felt like I wasn't giving my all like I just felt so lost in motherhood I had no idea where I had like gotten myself into I just felt so lost and then my mom just kept reassuring me like no you're fine like it's just you know you're a new mom you don't know what you're doing I'm like okay you're right you're right at week three I go back to our apartment I go back there and now at the time my husband's working literally nonstop. he comes at night My mom's working nonstop. My sister, everyone in my inner circle is working. Like everyone has a life, they're working. And I'm alone every single day with this newborn in my apartment. And I have, I feel like I'm so lost. I have no idea what I'm doing. And it was just like repetitive. Like so many moms will say like, you know, the baby wakes up, you feed, boom. Baby wakes up, you feed. Like it's the same exact routine. And week six comes where I have to go get my checkup with my doctor and I couldn't find anyone to take care of my baby. So I actually had to go into my doctor's office with my newborn. Like I had to drive there and I go there and he's like checking me and he realizes that I wasn't like healing properly. And I Mm -hmm. thought, you know, week six is like your gold week. Like that's where all moms get clear to do this and do that. And And I was like, oh, my God, we're finally at week six. Like, we've made it so far. So I go to my appointment and he checks me. He's like, oh, you're going to have to stay late. Like, I actually need to do, like, an on-table procedure on you right now. Like, I have to, like, you know, I have to, like, numb the area. Mm -hmm. Like, because I just wasn't healing properly. And I was Mm -hmm. like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. Mind you, I'm there with my (laughs) six-week-old. Mm-hmm. having this procedure done with my six-week-old currently nursing him and I was like this is not happening like this whole time I thought I was healing perfectly like where the hell's my bounce back like this is week six like <laughs> what is happening uh-huh. so then I remember like 
I was there for like three or four hours and I get in the car and I just call my mom and I just lose my mind. Like I just started bawling. I'm like, you need to come pick me up. Like I can't even drive. Like I was in legit pain and you, and she's like, okay, calm down. So then I feel like after week six, it was just like, I just went downhill from there. Like knowing I wasn't like my body was not recovering. I was like, what are we doing? And then after that, I was, I started feeling like scared to be with Andrew by myself. Mm -hmm. I just did not want to be with him. I would count the minutes for my husband to get home. So he can just, so there could be another human presence in the house and I I was just like in like this like dark hole and then I just thought that was normal I just thought I was over like whelmed I thought I was like sleep deprived Mm -hmm. I you know and one day um I posted like a picture of Andrew on social media and this one friend from high school she like swiped up And she literally said on there, she's like, oh, how are you? Like, how are you? She literally said, how are you? And I replied back saying, oh, you know, everything's good. The baby's great. Then she replied back saying, yeah, I'm almost 100% certain the baby's great. But Mm -hmm. I'm asking, how are you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. how is motherhood treating you? And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I'm not doing good. Like, I was like, I am like, I was like, I'm not doing good. And then I was like, oh, crap. Like, when I, like, messaged her back, I, like, put my phone down, and I was like, yeah, I'm not good. Like, I'm legit not good. Like, my mental Mm -hmm. health is, like, gone. And after that, I was like, like, what even is this? Like, what am I feeling? Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. understanding. I tried to explain it to, like, my mom and stuff, and she didn't really know how to answer me or how to like respond to me um it was always like oh I'm here for you blah 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 and I'm like yeah I know that like I know all these people are here for me I know that I just I don't know what's going on so then I actually had because I wasn't healing properly properly I had to go back for a checkup Mm -hmm. and when I went back to the checkup I like the doctor checked me he's like okay you're good to go by and I'm like actually And they make you fill out, literally, it's like a questionnaire. Like, Mm -hmm. it literally says on there, like, the dumbest questions you can possibly ever think of. It was like, um, what are your eating habits like? How often are you nursing? If you're nursing, you know, um, do you cry? Are are you losing sleep? And I'm like, checking everything off. I'm like, yes, yes to everything. Like, but I'm like, what kind of questionnaire is this? Like, I have now a, like, eight- week old of course I'm not sleeping of course I'm nursing of course I freaking cry Mm -hmm. and then he was like you know they review the questionnaire in front of you and then he was like yeah you know you're gonna have to like basically the way he worded it was like you're just gonna have to like cheer yourself up like you have to remember that you're a mom it's tough and this is normal what you're feeling Mm -hmm. and I looked at him and I'm like no I was like, this is not normal. What I'm feeling and what goes on through my head is not normal. And I told him, I was like, how are you going to tell me it's normal when I am terrified, like terrified 
of being alone with my child. Like mm-hmm. my husband would go to work at 4 a.m. and I was up at 4 a.m. I did not want to sleep mm-hmm. with a baby next to me or in his crib or whatever. I needed to be awake because I was like, oh my God, he's going to fall off the crib. I'm not going to wake up in time. Oh my God, he's going to suffocate with the blankets. All mm-hmm. normal thoughts. And then the scary thoughts happen. The thoughts of like, oh, like one of the things with postpartum depression and a lot of moms are like, iffy to talk about because there's a lot of judgment behind it and a lot of misunderstanding behind it as behind it as well mm-hmm. and I remember like I my CJ would get home from work maybe at 6 7 p.m I would not bathe Andrew until he got home from work mm-hmm. I wouldn't turn on any type of water around Andrew until CJ got home from work because mm-hmm. I'm like what happens if I let the water run too much mm-hmm. what happens if I don't pick him up on time what if I let the water run too much? Mm-hmm. Like, these are things that went through my head. So I was like, no. I was like, we're going on a three-hour walk. We're going to wait till CJ gets home, no matter how late it is, so there can be another person present as I'm bathing my own child. Mm-hmm. Because the thoughts are so, like, insane. And then, like, oh, one of the other crazier ones, we lived on a third story. I legit would think, oh my God, if I'm walking outside with him, what happens if he falls? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Like, and it was just beyond scary. And to the point where I went back to my doctor and I told him, I'm like, look, this is what's going on in my brain. Like, this is what's happening. Like, this is not okay. I do not want to be left alone with my child. Mm-hmm. And then he was just, and he's like, well, we could put you on medication. Mm-hmm. And I denied being medicated only because I was breastfeeding and I felt like that was the only thing that I was doing right as a mom was mm-hmm. breastfeeding him. I was like, if I get on medicine, I'm going to have to stop breastfeeding. And that's another thing I'm going to screw up in. Mm-hmm. I was like, nope. So I told him, I was like, I'm not doing that. And I told him, I'm like, you need to come up with a better way to support moms. Like, you're just telling me to cheer up. Like, do you not think that's what I'm trying to do? Mm -hmm. And so I started, like, reaching out to, like, moms on Instagram, some friends. Like, I didn't have many mom friends. To this Mm -hmm. day, I don't have many. So it was really hard for me to reach out to other people and, like, ask them, hey, have you, like, experienced this? with?" Because I was scared to be like, "Um, no, you're psycho. Go. (laughs) So I did it. I just reached out to like different like organizations and stuff like that. And then at month, like four, almost five of, um, you know, having Andrew, I was like, I'm just going to make like a little YouTube video Mm -hmm. of what I'm feeling because I had no other way to like express myself. And I did. And I posted it. And my mom and like my sister and even like CJ himself they were all like what Mm -hmm. like we did not know it was this bad Mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah it it, it was bad and that's at month four and five I was like pretty good like I knew what was going on I knew what my triggers were I, you know, I started like journaling, I started doing this, I started doing more activities and stuff like that. So I I had a pretty good grip on it. But like, not even the people I would see every single day exactly knew what was going on, because 
I had no idea how to explain it to anybody. Mm-hmm. I had zero idea. And like when I did post the video, I had so many people like reach out to me and say, oh, my God, like you actually spoke about it. Like I experienced this and I don't even think like my partner or anyone knows that I experienced this. And then that's where I was like, damn, like mm-hmm. it's the legit thing and people do not talk about it. And it's so like, I don't know if it's like shamed upon, but it's like, mm-hmm. dude, it's mental health. I know. And like, I think, again, I think that's really interesting because when you think of like mental health, you think of everything and maybe now it's a little more common but never of like postpartum depression like you just kind of like skim over it or it's like yeah you're a new mom you're stressed Mm -hmm. but like the thoughts that you were having like I can't imagine like feeling that and knowing that you're thinking that but not being able to stop it like it's kind of like you're trapped in your own mind and you're literally scared of yourself and like what Mm -hmm. you could do and like how did you did that affect other aspects of your life while you were going through it when like at this point nobody really knew it did I really I really distanced myself from everyone within the first couple of months also because within those first couple of months it was also like the peak of COVID so everyone's already isolated everyone's already like terrified of the world and Mm -hmm. I'm over here dealing with this even more isolated than before Mm -hmm. and it took a huge impact on everything it took a huge impact on you know my relationship because like CJ would try to help me as much as he could and I'm like you can't like you have zero idea what I'm going through you cannot help me like so I would just like distance myself from him I distanced myself from you guys like Mm -hmm. I just felt like nobody could really yeah And then I, even though I was the one distancing myself, I was also upset Mm -hmm. at you guys, at CJ, at my mom, Mm -hmm. at my sister, because I'm like, like, what is no one seeing? Like, is no one seeing that I'm not okay? Like, I was no one seeing this. And then it's just so common for moms to be expected to be tired, be expected Mm -hmm. to be angry at everyone that... People just see it as she's a new mom. She has to get the grip on it. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. so it took a huge toll on everything. And I mean, I never stopped going to school and I was currently in school and like my grades, like, you know, they just took a dive. And then it was like emailing professors saying, I need an extra day in this. Mm -hmm. I need this and I need that. So like it, it, it affected everything. It really affected everything. Yeah, I think it's so weird because obviously being like one of your closest friends and I remember like I remember that time you're talking about but again I know from our perspective it was like okay well she literally just had a baby she's in school like we need to give her space like I remember Andrew being born and me wanting to like go to your house the day you guys got there but then you also read like these like things saying like parents like new parents really appreciate when like you give them at least a week to like get settled like nobody wants to be bombarded so it was also aligned to where like from the outside looking in it's like oh it's of course she's not texting us all the time like she's like a new mom and like I think one of the things that 
I know we didn't think of in the moment because like, if you don't know about something, how are you going to think of it? And it's like ignorance in that, like, it's just a very, a topic that people you're right, don't talk about. But I think the last thing through our minds was like asking about you because Mm -hmm. we just, I think it's a thing where you assume like, yeah, you're tired and this, but like, the courtesy is asking about your new baby and like, how's he doing and caring about his milestones. But I think in caring about that so much, you really just kind of forget that like you went through this traumatic experience of childbirth because literally it was traumatic. Like I saw you the day after you gave birth and (laughs) yeah, looking rough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, all right. All right. No, but seriously, like after going from that, like your body also holds on to a lot of trauma. And I think it's interesting. And I wonder if there's a correlation between like traumatic births versus like really nice, easygoing births and like PPD, like if that just like puts Mm -hmm. you at a higher risk for it. But yeah, dude, I remember like when you posted that video, I was like, I think we all were a little like, wow, like way to not tell anybody and like a little blindsided Mm -hmm. by like, the way you did it but honestly it must have felt so like I have to get this out somewhere and like I'd rather be in a platform where people that can relate and understand like I think it was also a way to get help back like I know someone's gonna see this that's gonna relate to it versus like telling me where it's like I can sympathize with you but I can't understand it or the stigma behind you telling like your own husband I bet like the scary thoughts you were having like the things you were thinking of doing to like your son and how that would change the way he saw you was that at any point something you thought about like if you talk to him about like these really scary thoughts like how that would change your guys's relationship or even his trust and like wanting to leave you with Andrew oh yeah no I I completely avoided telling him any of those thoughts like he would ask me, he's like, oh, like, it's like 7.30, like, you know, why are you just now waiting for me to, like, give the baby a bath? And I'm like, oh, it's because, you know, you're not here the entire day, like, I want you, I want us to at least share this moment to give Mm -hmm. him a bath together, and then, you know, put him to bed, like, I would just make stuff up, like, I would just, like, make stuff up like that, you know, but in reality, I like I was not turning on the water when Andrew was there or like you know I just Mm -hmm. that just did not happen and I never once told him about like the thoughts that I was having only because I just felt like he would be like I just did not want to be misunderstood Mm -hmm. and you know that could all be resolved by explaining it but at the same time I had no idea what was actually going on or how to explain it myself so I just avoided it And we Mm -hmm. actually did, I actually, a couple months back, like we fully sat down and talked about like all that. And I was like, yeah, like that was legit like that. And like, even like when we talked a couple months ago, like I still told him things that I haven't said that he's never heard or that I haven't said on my video. Like I still said things that he was like in legit shock. Mm-hmm. He was and like, I'm like mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like Andrew's three. Mm-hmm. Like he just turned three. And mm-hmm. it, that's how long it took me for, for me to be able to share certain things that I experienced. Mm-hmm. So is it like um hold on. <laughs> 